All right, we're back with another episode of the Soccer Academy. I'm joined by Corey Shabbing, as usual. We've got a lot to talk about, Corey. Yeah, some uh, exciting stuff going on right now. I was very ecstatic on Sunday night, even though the winter came a little later than I hoped, um, <laughs> because I'm old now. But um, <laughs> but it was fun. Um, it's fun being a United States soccer fan which you couldn't really say like two, three years ago. It wasn't very fun. It's yeah. fun now. Oh, yeah. it's We have a winning team. I mean, all in, as we've seen with our lesser talented players, we can still win against big teams as we saw uh, on Sunday. So it's really fun. And I think, mark my words, but I think Team USA is here to stay for a while too. So Kings of be, CONCACAF? Yeah. Yes, yes for sure. <laughs> um, so we can dive right into it. Um, <clears throat> obviously, anyone who listens to this knows that the United States defeated Mexico 1-0 to in the Gold Cup final on Sunday night. A lot of chances both ways during regular time that neither team could put in the back of the net. But... Um, Mexico obviously outpossessed us, but I think that was the game plan going in to let them do that. Um, maybe play a little counterattack, and we got great chances off of it. Then none of them hit the back of the net. But what were your main takeaways from this game in general and what it means going forward? Uh, so this game in general, like you said, uh, we I think Greg Berhalter kind of expected not to get a lot of possession. I mean, he had a team in there who probably is not a very possessive team. I mean, so I think what he wanted to do was be gritty uh, and just when we get the ball, just counterattack as much as we can. Uh, I was kind of frustrated with the just kind of sloppiness uh, from both teams. I mean, USA especially, but. I mean, we kept trying to throw ball from 20 yards over their defense, and I felt like all we had to do was make a five-yard pass and another five-yard pass, and then we would be in on goal. But I just felt like they forced that a little bit too much. And But, yeah, we that game probably should have been 4-4. Four four. I mean, the, both teams had great opportunities. Paul Areola hit the uh, post on one. Uh, Zardes, I think, missed one. Ariola missed another one with a great save by the Mexican goalkeeper. Mexico missed a couple. So, uh, looking back at it, I think we played as well as we could. Uh, that's a very CONCACAF game. A lot of grit, a lot of just yeah. who's going to last longer, who's going to be more physical at the end of the day. And I think we saw the USA was that. I liked our subs. Our subs played very well. Joe Keeney, I think, subbed in. Yeah. Who else? Um, Busio. He yeah, wasn't Busio. incredible, but, you know, once the subs came in, that was a huge turning point for yeah. the U.S. Um, Busio, I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, was it Roldan? Roldan, Roldan, Roldan came, came in, yeah. in at some point, and those subs made all the difference in the world, and then the yeah. momentum shifted to us immediately, and we got a lot of chances. Um, I've got to give huge credit to Greg Burhalter. I've yeah. never been a Burhalter hater. I know they're out there, um, mm-hmm. mainly because of 
they don't like the fact he's an MLS coach, blah, blah, blah. What has he done? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let's give the guy a chance. Um, and he's proven this summer that he's the right guy for the job. I think it's as simple as that, that he has turned this program, this whole program around with obviously with the help of others, but from the senior team perspective, three years ago, us beating Mexico in two finals in the same summer was didn't seem possible. And now it seemed like he made every lineup decision, right? These last few games and all the knockouts, he made all the right substitutions whenever it was needed. I just don't know how you can walk away from this with the perspective that he, um, with the perspective that he isn't the right guy, especially when you people wanted Tata Martino who Burhalter just beat with a much less talented team. So that's one of my main takeaways is that Burhalter is the guy. Yeah, um, there's I not agree. really a question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, going forward, we should probably just move past that. Two would be Miles Robinson has inserted himself as someone who could possibly start in the World Cup qualifiers. Um, a lot of people, I remember the game I went to, the group stage game against Canada. Miles, that was the first game that Miles Robinson really like stepped up because Walker Zimmerman got hurt. Um, and just watching Miles throughout the game was like, whoa this guy is cutting out everything that <laughs> that Canada is trying to get into the box. And then that kept going throughout the whole rest of the tournament. And obviously it scored the game winning goal. Like miles Robinson is a really good defender. Um, and I th- think there's a good chance. He there's a chance he starts um, in some world cup qualifier games. And I feel confident with him back there. Um I also have to shout out, I tweeted this during the final, but I love, he might not always make the right decision, but I love Matthew Hoppy's attitude. Like the guy Mm. relishes moments like that against Mexico. They showed a video of him before the game. They put the camera on him and he was just looking up at the crowd smiling like, oh yeah, like I'm so glad I'm here. Like that's a guy you want on the field in a game like that. Like a guy who truly wants to be out there and wants an opportunity to make his mark on the game. Cause some, that moment's not made for everybody <laughs> like us, Mexico no. can get wild. That's not made for everybody. We've seen it's made for guys like Polisic, made for guys like hoppy. So that was very nice to see. Love that. And I guess one of my other main takeaways would be, I think Zardes Zardes should be our number two striker going into World Cup qualifiers <laughs> behind uh-huh. Sargent. Um, I think DK still needs a little more time, whether that's moving away from Orlando or just time to develop overall. He'll get there, I think. He's still a really raw talent, but I would rather have Zardes going in as our number two under Sargent. Yeah, so everything you said was perfect and spot on. Uh, Miles Robinson, I think Miles Robinson starts World Cup qualifying alongside John Brooks. And the more I think about it, I like those two together because Brooks is a kind of everywhere center back. He can go up, he can come back and whatnot. And I think Miles Robinson, as we saw, his 1v1 defense is stellar it is some of the best i've ever seen so i think those two together saying if brooks gets beat then you always have robinson back there for one-on-one defending i like those two i like their height like their athleticism uh what did you say matthew hoppy matthew hoppy is i 
I don't know what to think about him. I love his attitude. I love his play. I love everything about him. He reminds me of a Clint Dempsey in a way, just his attitude, how I don't care. Here's how it's going to be attitude. But there were multiple times in this tournament where all he had to do was do the simple thing, was do the simple – yeah, make that extra pass or do this or do that. And he would just try and flare and dribble around people. And uh, it it became frustrating. Now, that is something that can be taught over time of doing this simple pass. Or better yet, if he gets better and more skilled, he can dribble around those players. Um, I just think a little bit more maturing from him. And I think he could maybe be in the conversations of the A team and maybe starting or being a crucial sub. I think he, I think in the World Cup qualifiers, he's going to play that sub role. Yeah, I don't see I him agree. starting. I see him coming off the bench as maybe a spark plug when it's needed because the, the guy's got energy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's no yeah, doubt about that, that. Having that come off the bench could be crucial in some of these World Cup qualifiers, which is crazy. It's next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be huge. Um, perception of as far as what this means for CONCACAF and what it means for us, I can't, we can't understate how huge this win was for the United States as a whole, the program beating Mexico with our B slash C team, which I don't care if it's B slash C team, those guys fought all tournament, yeah. <laughs> all game, like. And that's some that's an attitude that Burhalter has instilled into the program is that we're gonna go out there and we're gonna fight every minute, um, no matter what. And you can tell from especially that Mexico Nations League final earlier in the summer, and now this gold cup final that these guys, no matter who's out there, isn't afraid <laughs> of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and to add on to the Miles Robinson thing. He reminds me a lot, this Gold Cup run reminded me a lot of when Liverpool called on Nat Phillips in the Premier League season. Yeah. If there was a 50-50, especially in the air, he's winning it. <laughs> like the, yeah. the other guy's not going to get it. Um, so that uh, that is always nice to have a guy like that. So, which Hoppy, speaking of him, he could, what could help his development, there's talks of a transfer to him to the Premier League. That. that would help him a lot. Yes, so hopefully that goes through and we, he doesn't have to deal with being in Schalke for another no. uh, season. Cause that is a dumpster fire in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, other teams are, I guess we should talk about Mexico. Um, Tata Martino is probably, probably has the least amount of job security in the world right now on his job. Yeah. If that guy messes up one more time, if he's not gone already, he's going to be gone. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not gone, to be honest. Um, I mean, losing the Nations League was one thing. Uh, I think people expected Mexico to win that, but the fact that he lost kind of lit a flame under his seat. And then uh, this Gold Cup, that is just embarrassing, really. Um because that Canada, they played Canada in the semifinal, and all credit to Canada. Canada played yeah. amazing. We're going to talk about Canada. After yeah, this, but. and a quest, questionable calls, questionable situations in that game, 
but Mexico came out. But Canada controlled that game, and I thought Canada was probably going to win that game. They yeah. deserved to win. But like I said, controversial situations and whatnot prohibited that. But the Mexico, I think, is in a transition period to where they have a bunch of older players who everyone kind of knows are coming up on their end. And then they have a young players who aren't quite developed yet. It kind of reminds me of like the Michael Bradley, the Josie outdoor situation where we had a bunch of old MLS players playing while all these Pulisic Reina were still too young to even bring in. And so we had years of just subpar play. I think, I think that's what you're going to see from Mexico is just a bunch of subpar play for a little bit until they can hopefully get some of their youth developed because I mean, Hector Herrera is probably getting up there. Uh, Jimenez Santos. is almost 30. Jimenez, yeah. me. He might be already 30. Actually, he might've just turned 30. I was like, that guy doesn't seem like he should be 30 years old, but no. he is. Um, yeah, he's old. They got a, they're counting on guys like Chucky Lozano, um, who got hurt earlier in the tournament and different things like that. But I tell you what, they're not going to turn it around like this, Corey, like we did. No. Yeah. Boy, these Mexican tears taste good. (laughs) They taste so good. I don't know if there's any better feeling in sports than beating Mexico. I got to be honest. I'm trying to think of it. And I just, I thought the USA Mexico game or like, that was just a rivalry, but I watched the Canada Mexico game and I think Canada hated hated them more than us like they're just the villains they are just yeah. the bullies of concrete calf no one likes them but you can't stop and i them. think i think us in canada have a brotherly love of yeah if we're not playing mexico and you are like we're rooting for you yeah because <laughs> we you can kind of feel win. that yeah um i will say i was that mexico canada game was chippy <laughs> um there was fights there was everything i think it was we didn't see that in the U.S. Mexico game, and I think that was partially the way the ref was calling the game. Oh yeah, everything that was questionable. I think over forty out. fouls. Yeah, everything yeah. that was questionable. Which I got to give credit to the ref. He was the youngest to ever ref a Gold Cup final, and he did a pretty good job. Yeah. I got frustrated sometimes with the the calls, like how, but he was consistent in the fact that if it was questionable, he was giving it. So I got to yeah. give credit to him there, like. I was frustrated with how the game was called, but I guess it did its job of one. There was no fights or chippiness. Yeah, really. Um, and you call, he called it consistently. Like you knew what he was going to call a foul. Like if I saw something, I was like, Oh, that's going to be called a foul. So, yeah. It was, it was frustrating. Cause I like a game where you can play a little bit, like you can get a little rough and still play on. And then it was a 50, 50 ball. And if someone even slightly slipped, it was called a foul, but will, it, to, to him, he did keep it under control, which is what he wanted because the, obviously the nation's league game got out of hand quicker than anything. So I can see I will, why it's just kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I will say too, that I'm glad it didn't deter the United States from doing what we wanted to do, which yeah. was still enforce the game and like enforce that. Hey, where we will play physical, even if the ref's going to call it a foul, like it's not going to stop us. So I, we definitely out physical Mexico. They didn't seem like they wanted that fight. 
I don't oh. think. So. It's, it, which is surprising because Mexico is always kind of the team who wants to be gritty and wants to start some fights. But I felt yeah. like we were more physical and we were the one bringing it to them. So, yeah. which was nice. I like seeing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, last note on the U.S.-Mexico game for now. Um, Kellen Acosta did the role of three midfielders, I swear. That guy was everywhere, which is exactly what you want your defensive midfielder to be. Cutting out everything that Mexico even tries to get started, making tackles, everything he could have done. And speaking of earning a spot on a World Cup qualifying roster, he sealed his behind Tyler Adams in that defensive midfielder role. Um, So props to him. That was a massive performance. Um, And I guess I have to mention too, Matt Turner. Yeah, Um, I want to talk about this a little bit more too. Yeah, going into the Gold Cup, seeing that Matt Turner, it was Matt Turner, Sean Johnson, and Brad Guzan. I was praying that Matt Turner got all the games, and he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he played well. And he showed why he did. Um, He was massive every game best goalie in the tournament by far um dude is i mean we've all everyone who watches mls knows that he's one of the best shot stoppers in the league and has been for years and he showed it like he's not going to be a guy that's going to be great with the with the ball at his feet but if if there's a shot on goal there's a good chance he's going to stop that thing um so and that was needed in a game against Mexico, which even when Kellen Acosta gave Turner the arm, the captain armband said, we're going to need you. This is, we're going to need you to win this game. So this is yours. And he had like at least two massive saves, if not more than that against Mexico. And that's just against Mexico. Um, So by far, I think our best player in the tournament, him and miles Robinson. Um, So props to those two. Yeah. Kellen Acosta played pretty well a, third center back that Mexico game which is good which is what you're exactly right you want that you want a center defensive mid who cuts the passes before the defense even has to mess with them uh I know we're talking about a lot of positives a lot of negatives I thought in the U.S. game the U.S. Mexico was I couldn't tell you if Legette and Williamson were on the field I just they struggled especially Legette Legit, I struggled very, very much. Uh, Williamson was had a lot of energy, but again, he was just kind of not what you wanted from your center mid because there's no possession within the midfield. And so, yeah, I will. That's just a little side note. I just, I think the those midfield two, wasn't great. Yeah, midfield was not great. But uh, besides uh, Kellen Acosta, yeah, going into the World Cup qualifiers, if you're Greg Berhalter, who do you start at goal? I, at this point, I still go with Stefan because I think he fits what the system is and what, what Burhalter wants. I think Matt Turner should be the two. I love Ethan Horvath. Love the guy. And he showed up huge for us in the Nations League final. But as far as like a pure shot stopper, I trust no one I don't, more than Matt Turner, I don't think. Um, so I would still have Stefan one. Um, but I think Turner is breathing down his neck, (laughs) um, as far as being, being the number two. And I guess a lot of people will probably have Horvath number two, which is fine. Um, but to have this problem of having three 
is incredible. I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take it. it. Uh, we have three goalies for the next years to go. Yeah. Um, so, which, um, so I, I would still go Stefan. What about you? I think, I think I'm carrying the hot hand, uh, Turner. I mean, in terms of stopping shots, I think you almost have to put Turner in. I mean, he made saves where I was already like my head was down. I was like, all right, that's a goal. And then I look up and he somehow saved it. Yeah. I just think you have to ride the hot hand going in. Now, if he struggles either in MLS or in the first couple games, then he's got a short leash and then you can put Stefan or even Horvath or whoever you want to. But I think if I'm Berhalter going into that first game, I think I'm starting Matt Turner just because he's got a hot hand. You know, he can stop shots and then you just let your offense. I mean, you don't have to play possession through your goalie. I don't think with this team will have, so there's no need. And then you'll have a better defense even. So maybe you won't even need Turner that much, but I think you just got to ride the hot hand. And so I put Turner one, Stefan two, Horvath three, which again is Horvath disrespectors. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, love still love I love him. I love him. We still love him. Yeah. But that's just him. where I have him right now. He just has great competition. Yeah. It's just um, part of the business. Worth noting while we are on the topics of goalies, David Ochoa, has basically decided he's switching to Mexico, um, which a lot of people might not know. David Ochoa, he's the Real Salt Lake goalie. He played for the U.S. in the Olympic qualifiers. A lot of people are like, this guy could be world-class in a few years, could be better than all three of ours. Okay, whatever. Um, He decided to switch to Mexico because he thinks he has an easier path to being the number one there, which is true. There's at least three guys ahead of him right now without question yeah. in the U.S. So I understand why he's switching to Mexico. I'm not going to wish you the best. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Have fun. I hope you let in five goals a game. Um, mm-hmm. Once you make that decision, see you later. Um, that's yeah. your choice. That's your choice, and you made it. I'm not mad that he made the decision because I get it to switch to Mexico, and he wants playing time, obviously. And I don't know if he'll get that with the U.S. for – at least a couple, at least like through the 2026 yeah. World Cup. So see you later. Um, I hope we beat you every time we play you. Yeah, it's one of those situations where he's like, "All right, I'm leaving," and you just kind of say, "All right, we'll see you." Like, yeah. I, I'm confident in our goalies right now, and we have a lot of young goalies that maybe haven't even made a name for themselves yet, or even just underrated goalies still in the system. So, I like I said. See you later. I mean, I won't miss him. Uh, yeah, I, I won't miss him. A lot of people got so upset on uh, yeah. social media about it. I said, I mean, we have three good goalies right now, like, and they're all young. And goalies play till they're what 35, 36. You usually. can play late. Yeah. yeah. And so Stefan, like, people, Stefan's getting better too. Um, yeah. So we've got, we've got absolute, we've got great goalies and I love our situation we're in. We don't need Ochoa. So yeah. <laughs> Mexico's best players, they're goalie. By all means, that's okay. Yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, anything else on US Mexico besides us being the kings of CONCACAF for years to come now? Uh no, I think we're done with the Dosacero summer. Yeah, Dosacero summer, two final wins over Mexico, zero for them. <laughs> oh, one thing. Uh 
in the FIFA rankings, I think yes. USA jumped eleven spots to number I nine. I don't know if that has I been think... made official. That that has been floating around. I think it got yeah. leaked. Um, very possible. Sure. I'm checking right now. Yeah, I don't know if it's been officially updated yet. Um, I'm I'm looking, but so the the image has that is okay. It has not been updated yet, but it, there has been an image going around that is rumored to be the new rankings. And we jump from 20th to 9th. So um, above Mexico, which is important because of the draws for the World Cup. If we can get up into the top eight, I believe, um, I so. that is whenever we get the best pot. So we wouldn't play one of the top seven in the, in the, for, in the group stage, um, which would be incredible and make our path to the knockouts much easier. Um so we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, it looks like we are going to be a top 10 team according to FIFA. And you know, those rankings have different metrics and stuff. But yeah, that's huge. Especially if we can jump up into that top pot, then heading into the World Cup, that would be great. So we just, if we dominate World Cup qualifiers, we should. Yeah, I think we will. I think, uh, especially European, there's a lot of European teams in top eight right now. So uh, for some of them, European qualifying for World Cup is very, very hard. So let's hope maybe someone in the top eight slips and we can sneak right in because being in the top eight for World Cup draw is huge. You get to be yeah. the top seed and then you don't have to play one of the better teams. We wouldn't have so. to play the Belgians, the Frances, the Brazils, yeah. the Englands, like all the those. France, that would yeah. be, that we wouldn't get Germany, Portugal. Yeah. We wouldn't get Germany, Portugal, and Ghana in the same group again. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're fingers crossed. If yep. we take care of business in World Cup qualifiers, I think we get up into that. So that would be good. Yep. Um, on, I want to talk about Canada. Yeah. Because they impressed the heck out of me. This whole Gold Cup run, like I said, I went to the game against that the United States played against Canada in the group and was very impressed. Um, and then they played Mexico and looked like they belonged in that game. Another team that a few years ago would not have looked like they belonged in that game against Mexico. Um, and they were without their two best players, Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies, probably a whole different game if they're there. Um, but Tejon Buchanan is yeah. incredible. Very good. Plays for the New England Revolution. That guy is fast. They have Playing them on the wings is going to be a problem in world cup and yeah to play them in the qualifiers and different things because they're going to have davies on one side and buchanan on another that's not a problem i want to face i no. don't want to see them streaking down the sideline running at me no i especially with i mean i love sergio dest i do but his defense needs to improve if he's going to go up against alfonso davies on the wing um Canada is a good team, and I think Canada could, if not, will be the number two team in CONCACAF ahead of Mexico because, again, you see the situation to where Mexico brings an A minus B plus team. They bring the best team in all of the Gold Cup, talent-wise. They have the best team, and they barely squeak by – a Canada B 
team maybe without their two best players. So mm-hmm. I think that spoke volumes to me more than anything of like Canada's here for real. You put two of their best players in and I don't know if we make it out of our group because I know Canada had goal difference or yeah. they would have had goal difference. Or we, but, they would have been first yeah. out of the group. We would have been second, had to play Mexico earlier. Yeah. But so I, yeah, it's a different tournament with those two Canada players that weren't there. Yeah, I think they I think they could be the winners of the Gold Cup if they had those two players, which I think you could say that about Mexico with Lozano and us about our roster. But yeah, they're uh they're a young team. I know Mark Anthony K, he played a pretty big role. He plays for oh, we just got traded to just got traded to I want to say Colorado. Pretty sure it's Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. And so he's a young player who's pretty good. They have just a bunch of underrated players and i think you could see them i hope i hope they do but i hope they make the world cup i do and uh another team we can still talk about canada uh qatar and jamaica again Mm -hmm. are two kind of under the radar teams where if you get a couple more pieces or a little bit more development i think they could really kind of shock the world guitar is a little different because they're in asia so we won't see them very much other we than... had we had the entire Concacaf on our back in that game against guitar yeah because you can't lose to guitar and let them play in a final that they're not even in the region of yeah so that was big um but that's a like, that's a gritty team too that's a young or a pretty they are pretty good at goal scoring that too, team i was gonna say tournament. that team scored goals except against us so yeah. that was very good uh, that to know that our defense held up like that. Yeah, our defense played amazing. We only gave up one goal, and it was a it was a penalty penalty, which shouldn't have even happened to begin with. But yeah, it was at the edge of the box, and it was a bad tackle. And I think uh, Costa, I think I can't yeah, remember. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. He Costa, got yeah. slotted in. He got slotted in yeah. at right back during the game against Martinique. Yeah, he didn't look but, very comfortable there and gave up. No, penalty, but that's okay. Like it, but, but yeah, uh, I like I said earlier, I think some of these te- you're going to start seeing some of these teams shoot up the rankings in CONCACAF and then maybe dethrone Mexico or some of these other teams. So I, I'm excited. I'm nervous for qualifying, but I'm excited to play some of these teams with their full strength. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to get our full strength roster back together. Yeah. Because anytime we can see our top guys and they get more games together is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, so because that's really what they need right now is games together because it's still a super young team that hasn't played a ton together, especially because the COVID year kind of knocked out all United States games. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope we'll see. I think. I don't, I'm not going to make any promises about World Cup qualifying because we saw what happened last time and anything can happen. Um, but it, we're in a good spot, I'll say. I, <laughs> I, uh, in a good spot. Yeah, I told my friend uh, after we won Gold Cup, I said I would trade these two trophies in a heartbeat if I could guarantee the World Cup qualifying. I, I would trade them in a heartbeat if you told me, yeah, if you trade those, you get automatic qualification i'll say done so i just want i just want the world cup qualifying that's all i want hey i wouldn't trade him because we're gonna do it we're gonna do it the hard way yeah which i hope we do i hope we win qualifying (laughs) i hope we're the best team in qualifying and i hope we have a lot of momentum going into the world cup yeah 
which we are coming up very close to a year. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. In December, like we're going to be a year away days, from yeah. the World Cup, which is one crazy. It's going to be played in December. Um, it's November, isn't it? It's like November. Uh, November. Yeah, yeah. 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 November yeah. into December. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Sorry. I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Because it's going to be blazing hot in Qatar anyway. Um, but I'm excited. We should we should all be excited. This win should give us excitement as United States fans, as all Americans, to and I've been saying it, we've been saying it. If you want to get into soccer and you you're the thing that's been holding you back because the United States isn't very good. Now is your time to hop on. These guys are all young. We have a whole new standard, it feels like, around the United States soccer team. Hop on. Hop on the bandwagon, not even a bandwagon. It's not really that, but but uh, join the soccer and uh, have some fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even if you want to call yourself a bandwagon, don't worry because we will not call you a bandwagon. We want you. <laughs> we want you to be a fan of some a good year. It's it's just like the Olympics right now. There are sports where you will never watch again in your life, and you see the person from USA, and you're like, oh, let's go, like we have to win this. Mm -hmm. That's how we should be about soccer. It's like, we have someone good. We know these people. Let's just cheer. Let's be fans. Oh, you just brought up a topic that I didn't want to touch on. Was it? I think, but I might, but I might, I'm thinking about it. All right. Let's Mm. let's talk about it. Come on. Let's go. You know, I'm going with this, right? I think so. But I just kind of want to know. United States women's national team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're on the same page here. Yeah. Um, you want um, to go first? Yeah, you go ahead. I just okay. want to see what you say. All right. United States women's national team, while we're on the topic of the U.S. Tough tournament. Um, kind of a team in transition. A lot of older players that people weren't sure should have been there. Um, Carly Lloyd is pushing 40. <laughs> yeah. So – this felt like their last run for that group. I'm, I'm not by no means pushing them out. If the coach thinks they're still the best group in the next world cup, by all means, bring them if they're the best group. But this felt like it for a lot of these players who've been there for a long, long time. Um, and maybe it's time to give some young players a chance in that national team role. And they lost to good teams. Like Sweden is a very good team. I think they're in the gold medal game. Um, yeah, they are. Australia, who we drew 0-0 with, very tough team. And Canada's on the rise. Um, for And they're in the gold medal game now, obviously, because they beat us. So um, in the women's game, as we know, Corey, around the world is growing very quickly. We used to have that on the rest of the world, that women's soccer was a bigger deal in this country than it was in every other country. It's quickly not becoming that. Um, we don't have that advantage as much anymore. I still think our team is the best whenever we're at our best. I think we have the best all around players, um, which is fine. That's, this is observing it from a soccer standpoint and seeing what happened, which is fine. You know, I don't expect expecting our women's team to go in and win every tournament at this point is kind of insane. Mm -hmm. Um, we should still expect greatness, but we shouldn't blame it on, I mean, we've got to give credit to these other teams that have grown and uh, put themselves in the conversation. But 
When it becomes a political thing, when you root against the United States women's national team because of their political stances and you don't like them, that feels sad to me. That feels um, tweeting from your parents' basement sad to me. <laughs> um, um, and being critical of these women who perform for the country and truly do love the country, or else they wouldn't put that badge on their shirt every time they go out there. Um, to be that blatantly disrespectful. And I'm going to say, Corey, I saw someone on my Facebook feed. Um, it's not someone you know. Um, someone on my Facebook feed was celebrating the knee injury by Alyssa Nair's knee injury because she was one of the players that kneeled. And this is someone with a microphone into the world, I'll say. I'll put it that way. Uh, yeah. Someone with a that has a microphone. <laughs> um, I, it was the actual thing I saw that lit me up. In what world are we in now that you're celebrating a player's injury because you think it's funny that it was to their knee and they kneeled for the national anthem, not even during the Olympics, but during a pastime? That feels pathetic to me. Um, if we're at a point now where you're going to celebrate, by the way, most of the people who are celebrating injuries in different things aren't soccer fans. They've never watched a soccer game. They've never watched the United States women's team play. They're just enjoying the loss because they're pathetic. And it's that simple. Um, if you're celebrating an injury to a player or the loss of one of our teams, that's pathetic. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, really good points there, Dalton. Um, I'll start. Um, I'm not going to go on a soapbox on politics and sports because right now in the world, you can go to any conversation and it's probably just going to get brought up as politics and or sports or both at the same time. So I will stay away from it. But one thing that I do want to touch up on really quickly is, like you said, these people are standing up for what they believe in. And there are many people who don't believe or believe that that stance is wrong, especially when it comes to people like Rapino and Nair and all these people. Um, some people think it's wrong. Some people like it. And like you said, rooting for someone to get hurt or celebrating some, uh, your country's loss in any sport is showing the divide of this country even more. Like you're not helping anyone like you're if you do that i believe that you're part of the problem 100%. you're you're like making this divide between people even more sports is something that i've always said should draw people closer together sports should be something to where you can have a conflict and bring people together uh it's a very nationalistic event that should be celebrated like usa getting any medal should be celebrated not just oh they only got a bronze it's oh they got a bronze that's great because as you can see america is talented in every sport i mean there are i don't know what the medal count is right now but i mean we're up there and again i won't go too much on this with simone biles 
she is getting a tremendous amount of flack and it's just unnecessary. Uh, just remember, I guess I'll just end with this because I don't want to go too long on this. Just remember that athletes are humans too. Athletes are humans before they're athletes. I mean, they are the regular man. They're the regular woman struggling with anxiety, depression, with performing. I mean, just so next time you say, oh, Simone Biles should never play, should never be allowed to do gymnastics again. Just remember that she goes home, she sees all this, and she deals with it even more just from all of the messages she gets. And you can go with the same thing with racism and soccer and all this stuff. Just remember that these are humans before they are athletes and that they have things that they want to support and they have problems too, just right outside of sports too. So just my message is just, Obviously, it's easier said than done, but just get along. I mean, it's just be be proud of your country and just accept the fact that you're not going to agree with everything. I don't agree with a lot of things people or athletes do either. But then again, they're athletes and they're humans before they are athletes. So they have every right to say what they want. So uh, I'm done. That's all I'm saying. I don't really <laughs> want to get into it yeah. more. So. Be a sympathetic, nice human being. Yeah. And we show pride. Yeah. We'll be all good. Um, yeah. Transitioning from that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next week, me and you are doing a Premier League preview yes. that I think is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited um, for it. We're going to run through every team, um, different things about them. And if you're a new fan to the Premier League, then we're going to tell you why you should root for this team or why you shouldn't maybe both. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm, I'm excited for that because premier league starts next Friday, which is insane um, that it's already back. Um, so we'll see. Um, I'm excited for it. That's going to be next week, probably middle of the week sometime run through every team. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Uh, a little banter between us, probably with Liverpool man, you and, uh again I'm with the same this season yeah i am too uh with the uh team usa thing it's like if you want to be a fan of soccer watch this next week's show and just become a fan of someone uh we'll give you a plenty of reasons why or why not and show you why and their history and whatnot so just come watch it be a fan we ain't gonna judge we you want you to watch have, you don't have to say the winner don't say the who you think is gonna win the league but do you have a hot take for this season ready to roll that you think will happen? I have some ideas. If not, that's fine. Yeah, I have some. I got to do a little bit more research on it, but I do have some hot takes that might mm-hmm. blow people out of the water. Um, you want to hear one of mine? Uh, yeah, a little preview, a little right. sneak peek. Little, I like it. A little sneak peek. I think Arsenal – I think Arsenal battle for top four this year. All right. Well, all right. That was the show. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, see you next week. Uh, but uh, no, no, no. You know, I was I was going to say Arsenal won't even fight for a top eight. Oof. Oof. I just. Hurts I, my hot take. Yeah, there's just not. I mean, I could be wrong, too. There's just not a lot there. I just don't see a lot of talent. 
I don't. So, uh, hey. I'll, I'll do a little sneak peek. I think West Ham will be top five. Okay. Yeah, I like that's my that. hot take. All oh, right. I guess we can tell them. Uh, Dalton and I, Dalton started uh, a fantasy Premier League uh, league. Yep. So you will be getting plenty of updates on that. And just as fantasy football goes, uh, there will be a lot of anger. Uh, just, I uh, just a lot of anger probably. Out <laughs> we of me, play. But. I'm looking at. We play in uh, the second week, so yeah, we so, play early. So which is good. Figure out real quick. Yeah. So you'll be, <laughs> be fun fans of the show. You'll be hearing me complain about. Mm, players that probably don't deserve it just won't be able to do well on my uh, fantasy team so just a heads up for anyone watching (laughs) get ready for me to complain about fantasy all right we'll leave it at that all right all right i'll talk to you next week Corey. all right see ya